Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast, episode 17, Powered by Counter. Great to have you on another episode listening in. Now, today's really, really special. We're talking everything about sustainability with three really dynamic female leaders in the hospitality space. Uh, we're talking with Demelza, who's the founder of a brand uh, new movement called Same Cup, which wants to improve the success, the visibility, and overall empowerment of women in the coffee space in Australia. Caitlin, who's a director from Reground, uh, which picks up coffee grounds from all cafes in Melbourne currently. And then Claire, who's the marketing manager of one of the best cafes in Melbourne, Industry Beans. Uh, we talk about how they've uh, grown up through the industry, what sustainability really means to them and their future prospects. So let us know what you think. The Open Pantry Podcast episode... 17 live from a bunker in Fitzroy uh, with three great uh, ladies today. Can't wait to get this started talking everything about sustainability. I've got Caitlin from Reground, the director of Reground, Demelza, who's dialed in on her birthday. Happy birthday, Demelza. Thanks, everyone. Uh, she's the founder of a great organization which has just started called Same Cup. And Claire, the marketing manager from Industry Beans. Guys, say hello to the, uh, say hello to the Open Pantry podcast audience. Hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, now, guys, great to have you on. Uh, it's really, I feel really honoured to have um, such a great group of um, young, inspiring women in the industry. Uh, we've been pushing for this since we first started the partnership with Counter, and uh, great to have it started. So... Um, not really sure where I'll start. I might start with the birthday girl on the phone, oh. Demelza. Um, now, Demelza, I know you're also the account manager of um, Five Senses Coffee that's as well right, in that's Sydney. Right. So I need to get that plug in. But but let's talk to us about Same Cup. Sure. Um, so it is a little initiative uh, that, that I kicked off. Um, it all started with a Facebook post in July. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put a little shout out saying, hey, does anyone want to kind of jump on board and help me? Um, do some fun stuff with minorities and coffee and let's let's kind of break that glass ceiling and let's get some more diversity into the coffee industry. Uh, and it all started with a Facebook post and um, it is really popping off right now. We're having a launch party this Friday night um, yep. and it is... I've had a really overwhelming, wonderful response from the general community, so I really, I'm very, very grateful. And when you, when you first did that Facebook post, obviously we're we're taping this in the first week of November, so by the time we get this out, the um, uh, your launch party would have gone off very successfully and had a really great time. Fingers crossed, yes. Yeah, well, it's just an understatement that it will happen. So <laughs> when, when that first Facebook post went out, what was your feeling about knowing that it could actually be a movement you could actually um, move forward on? It was, it was pretty instantaneous, actually. Um, I put something out there, and within, like, overnight, <clears throat> I checked my kind of DMs in the morning, and I had, like, 30 people reach out to me. And they were just like, we don't know what you're going to do, but we want to be a part of it. So I knew, I knew then, I knew pretty instantly that this was something that people had been kind of calling out for, and there's been, there's been this gap in the market for a really long time. Um, and I, I really get a kick out of, like, helping people and seeing people succeed and making people happy on a... I'm a chronic people pleaser and optimist, which is uh, which is good and bad sometimes. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I realized very quickly that that um, 
this is something that people wanted. So we've had so many people reach out and offer their support, and whether it's financial or or just you know emotional support, it's yeah. all it's all super valuable. <clears throat> pardon me, and um, it's yeah, it <clears throat> pardon me, it's a uh, it was really quite. Um, it was kind of shocking to me how quick uh, everyone kind of put their hand up and said they wanted to help. Mm. Um, I was expecting like a good response, but yeah, it was just kind of blew me out of the water. Yeah, wow. Well, good for you. Thanks, man. Um, Caitlin, obviously the director of uh, a great initiative called Reground. Do you want to have a talk to us about why you decided to start that and when it actually did start in the marketplace? What Reground's all about? Sure. So Reground started back in well, late 2014, start of 2015 by my business partner Nina, mm-hmm. who is from Denmark. Um, and I think if anyone's been there and knows the practices that um, that part of the world have are um, a little bit different to us in Australia yeah. with our um, kind of waste practices and our um, view of waste and of sustainability and whose responsibility that is. Sure. So. Back then, it, it was really, um, waste wasn't talked about in, in hospitality at all. And yeah. that's really only, we've really only seen a shift in that, I would say in the last six months, really. Um, but the last couple of years, that's been slowly shifting. And and so back then, it was um, Nina taking one bin from um, the first client, Padre, in Brunswick East to Ceres, which is a community garden, and, wow. and, and convincing and, and educating that coffee should not end in landfill, which people are starting to kind of understand. But really the conversation now is is still really a lot about cups, um, which we all, you know, we last year saw a a tram filled with them. Um, (laughs) So here in Melbourne, if you watch War on Waste, and um, plastic bags, which we're no longer allowed to, or that there's no longer an option at Coles and Woolies, which is great. Straws, people are starting to request metal straws, for example. So there's lots of things that are popping up, but coffee waste is still something that I think is quite far removed from our consideration set as customers yep. um, and from business's perspective, which we'll hear from Claire soon on. Mm. Um, and so it's really been a real journey of education that when coffee ends in landfill, it does um, does not get oxygen and turns into methane gas that hits our atmosphere. And it's extremely detrimental. It's 40 times more potent than carbon pollution from cars. So wow. it's it's actually really, really, really bad. And the other, um, I guess it's a twofold kind of issue or solution even, is that it's amazing in gardens. So it's high in potassium, high in nitrogen. It's a really great resource for gardens. Yep. Um, so essentially it is a no-brainer. If, if we've got this great resource and we can be using it and enabling it to live on, um, yep. and in our industry, in, in Melbourne especially, but in Australia, the focus on quality of coffee is so strong from where it's sourced from. I had a beautiful Ethiopian in industry beans just um, just before this. Um, and, and the focus of, of where it's grown and how it's sourced and that it's ethically and sustainably sourced to how it's roasted right here um, in Melbourne, to how it's presented to us on the table, whether there's latte art or, um, you know, you've got a beautiful card telling the tasting notes and that kind of thing. So every single step of the process is scrutinized and then we just don't care. We don't think about it or we don't know. Um, 
So now it's really been our mission to, to get people to know that it is a problem, coffee ending in landfill, to get people to know that it's a beautiful resource in gardens, yes. um, to get people to care and to, you know, ask their local cafes, you know, what's happening with their coffee. So that's the kind of bigger, you know, broader space that we're working in. And practically we have a service that cafes, roasteries, offices can use to divert their coffee. Um, through Rio Ground directly to community gardens. So there wasn't a solution for this before. People didn't know about the problem before and then started looking for the solution. And, and it's a really simple, we swap a bin out, we drive around in a van, so we're changing the message about waste. Yep. Um, people can see the van, they, they meet our wonderful drivers who come in and grab a coffee and say hello. Um, the bin gets swapped, so there's no cleaning on site or anything like that. Um, and then we take it directly to these gardeners who are really the ones that are having the impact and using this resource in their garden and to grow food and, and put it back into the um, into the system. Can I ask, I know obviously you're dealing with a great brand like Industry Beans on this. Um, do you, when you go into the venues and you try and pitch free ground to, to new prospective cafe owners or restaurant owners, are you getting pushback? Are you getting people confused about what it's about? Why? Yeah, there's there's definitely barriers, and these have changed over time. Yeah. So um, the barriers now are actually very different to the barriers a few years ago. Okay. Um, the conversation was about, like I said, did you know this is a problem? Did you know coffee shouldn't end in landfill? Yes. Um, even then, coffee cups weren't really talked about. So you can imagine it's hard even now to retrospectively think that that wasn't a conversation because we're quite used to it. Well, in yeah. my little bubble, we are anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so it is that, and that was an initial barrier being like, oh, this isn't a problem that I need to take responsibility for. Mm-hmm. And and we used to, we've been contacted by most of our wonderful customers um, have contacted us. And so the question was always around, um, is there a fee? Or I'll donate my coffee to you. So of right. course that's, that's a barrier. The model is that, that the cafes and roasteries pay us to remove yep. the coffee and of we course. give it for free. Like any, any waste. Exactly, like any waste service and, mm-hmm. and any service really, but it also enables us to the, the difference is um, we give it for free to gardens as that resource. Yes. Um, but however, that the question was, you know, I'll donate it. To now, the question is, what is the fee? Yes. So you can see that simple change in in language yeah. shows the simple change in mindset, which is sure. what we've been really pushing for. So the barriers have changed. The education does still need to be there because it is still about, you know, is this my responsibility as a business yeah. or? or um, whose responsibility is it? You know, we often want government to take responsibility mm-hmm. and, and we could be waiting a while. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the conversation it, is different and and it's really about what triggered that person um, and that business and what their core values are. So yeah. that's a really important part of it. Absolutely. All right, uh, Claire, lucky loves to have a bit of a yeah. chat. Um, so you're the marketing manager for, for Industry Greens and um, thank you one for the, the, lunch, the great lunch that Chloe and I just had, it was sensational in your Fitzroy venue and in this amazing coffee shipping container, um, beautiful to have this podcast in here, so thank you for that. Um, now with Industry Beans, how does a business like yours practically implement a culture of diversity uh, and sustainability? Um, such as reground, without actually becoming the distraction. How do you how do you make it part of the brand, without it becoming too cumbersome or, or something to start to actually want to use? I think the obvious answer is actually bouncing off. I think 
could go last words you just said which were core values yeah. so for us we only have four core values because we're you know a coffee roaster yeah. and we only have two stores and we're, we're not getting too ahead of ourselves and our values yeah. are transparency quality authenticity and excellence so excellence we achieve every day in the way you just described our coffees we take good care of them we present them beautifully quality again it's in sourcing and presentation transparency is the one way where you can really fall down if you're not looking at the way you're doing things yeah so for us transparency means you can look into our Fitzroy venue and you can watch our roasters making coffee you can watch mm -hmm. our roasters roasting coffee yeah. you can watch uh, one of our roasters carry a bin full of soft plastics and coffee chaff out into the bin and throw it away Right. Um, so that's not something we want people to see and it's not really in line with our values. Yep. So the decision to get more involved in sustainability was a no-brainer. Yep. It's important to us. The question of how to execute it was um, you can try and do it yourself. Yep. So I could have spent you know, an hour a week dealing with community gardens myself yep. or trying to find ways to recycle soft plastics. In doing that, I'd be missing the opportunity to do marketing, which is my job, yeah. but also to support a local Melbourne brand who's doing this in a way that's really open and transparent in itself and really aligns with our values. So once we realized the reground service was out there, it was kind of, we've already lost time, <laughs> let's give them a call, let's yeah, get them in right, here, and right. let's get the bids out. So yeah. for us, that's not a distraction. Um, if you think about it, uh, if we're throwing out our own coffee into the bin, or if we're saying hi to a really lovely delivery driver yes. as he wheels out the bin of coffee, yes. it's the same thing for us. It's just diverting it into a more sustainable solution yep. um, in a way that is really on brand for industry beans as well. And how did you guys find out about what Marie Grant was doing? Did they come to you or did you? No, I believe we reached out. I think yeah, it was, as you said, you grew so quickly and yeah, you got amazing right. PR. And I think part of that was the broadsheet effect, which we all know yes, about. Well, I remember seeing a photo of you and Nina um, standing in front of your bands on the street. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. I mean, we did a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, yeah. We did a crowdfunding campaign to raise money for our band, which we got. Right. We had about 200, or for exactly, 240 people support us. And we raised yeah. $20,000 to get a band. And wow. around that had yeah. a bit of PR and um, a few articles. and. and yeah. That's where that is, yeah, it started popping up and we, we thought, what is reground? And at first it was just the coffee grounds. But now, um, mm. I don't know if you mentioned before, no. now we're recycling coffee chaff, which is a byproduct of the actual roasting process, okay. as well as soft plastics. So all wow. green coffee is delivered in a hessian sack, which is really rom romantic. Yeah, which we saw today, which yes, is awesome. Yeah. Inside of that is a thick plastic bag to keep the coffee fresh. Because right. it's a fresh product and because everyone who's buying quality wants to make sure their coffee arrives in the condition it was sent. Yeah. Um, these thick plastic bags are something the industry has been trying to deal with for years. I remember as, as little as a year ago, all we could do was use them as bin liners mm. and reuse rather than recycle. And now we divert all of that through free ground as well, which yeah. has been a good game changer in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Demelza, I want to bring you back in on this point because obviously, you know, just talking with Caitlin then around how um, they did a, you know, a crowdfunding campaign and yeah. I reckon they probably knew they had some momentum when they got some cash in to actually do their van, right? And, yeah. it was, and it probably was the first inkling I'd imagine with, for them proving their concept, the proving that people wanted it in some degree. Mm. How, did, how, have you, how do you think you're going to go after your launch party, which we know is going to be very successful after this <laughs> podcast goes out? Um, how, how are you going to know from your perspective that you're actually making a change um, for sustainability for um, for women and for other people that you want to support in the industry? Mm, good question. Um, so how I know I'm making a change is purely because of all the uh, 
all the people that are reaching out to me to that 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 want to be involved and they want to be a part of this, which is really really special. Um, I did a crowdfunding campaign as well uh, back in like eight weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we re- we raised like five thousand dollars in five days, uh, which is just nuts. Wow. Um, wow. And. And yeah, I mean, everyone. This is long for us. And um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, we have some really, really crazy long-term plans, uh, which I'm not going to really go into because who knows that that that's absolutely going to change in the future, yeah. no doubt. Um, but but I mean, Saint Pub is born out of out of a love for for change and for diversity and for inclusion and the whole. The whole reason Same Cup exists is to get some more diversity into positions of um, influence and power. Now, I know that in specifically in the coffee industry, yeah. um, and I know that that's not, not going to be an instantaneous thing, yeah. but I really hope that we can start having conversations, start changing cultures, and um, see that happening. Hopefully, I'm going to give it maybe five years or so, um, yeah. but the things that I'm trying to push for and fight for are not instant kind of gratification things. Yeah. It's actually a question I eventually want to ask all of you, but, like, is it important to put a time factor on what you're doing as a target, some sort of KPI you're actually reaching, or is it a, is it a feeling in yourself, because you're dealing with very <laughs> social brands, so is it, it, is it a feeling that you're actually thing. doing the right thing, you know? Are you looking, yeah. are you looking for a moment in time that you can go... Yeah, you know what is that? You know, I have helped for you, Demelza. Like, oh, I have this this girl that I helped three years ago has gone up, and now she's got four of her own venues in the coffee field, or you know, uh, with Red Round Industry Beans, obviously different KPIs. But uh, what do you think about that, Demelza, to start with? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean. Sorry, could you say the beginning of that question? So, again? so are you are you looking at a time? Are you uh, looking to a time on. frame, so, or are so, you looking for so, a feeling? So, at first, it was definitely like, oh, this is just going to be like a casual thing. We're just yeah. going to have a couple of events. We're going to build some community, sure. and then it just went pretty bonkers. So, yeah. I'm I'm literally at a point now where I am starting to get strategic, and I am starting to set KPIs, and I am starting to set goals because I've started to realize that this is more than just like a casual side project like this 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 could be pretty major um mm. and i've taken a bunch of kind of strength finder and personality tests and uh it turns out the strategy is not my strong point but lucky <laughs> lucky <laughs> I have self-awareness is, which is good yeah <laughs> that's right that's right i'm really good at relationship building but you know a solid two out of ten for paperwork and uh, numbers so. <laughs> um so the girl that i've actually partnered up with sharin she's really good at um at all that other stuff so like all that back of house stuff like um, uh, applying for grants and right and kind of help and writing reports and all that stuff um yep. where she's kind of terrified to go out into a room of strangers, that's where I that's thrive. That's where you step in. So, yeah. that's right, that's right. So I think together we've got a really good, solid chance of uh, making the... Sorry, I don't know if that affects... Are you cut, um, you cut, no, you're cutting out a bit, Demelza. Maybe move to another so, part. How's that? Is that better? Yep. Cool, yeah. So I think together we can um, we can definitely make some changes, but it 
is literally only in the past like two weeks, maybe three weeks, that I've realised that wow, like this is this is an incredible business opportunity, and I'm not going to be doing it to sustain myself. Like everything that we that we earn and that we can will be pumping straight back into the project. So um, I. I really feel like at the beginning it was total gut feeling to come back to your question and now it's like right it's time to get strategic it's time to set those goals and it's time to kind of get serious so we can help as many people as we can awesome um Kaylin, if i can bring it back to you i'm interested in regards with both your formats in that you both went to crowdfunding models mm. and i think this brings up a really good point about sustainability and we're talking about you know i'm i'm a very privileged white, middle-aged, I don't know if I'm, I still count myself as young as 37, um, white male, right? I've been in the industry for a couple of decades and I'm pretty fortunate. I reckon a lot of opportunities have come my way because I'm a guy in the industry and I'm quite imposing because I'm six foot three, right? Um, and I'm really good at what I do, so that's also, that's also important. But I'm interested why certain brands are going through crowdfunding models rather than going to a format of a bank mm. and asking for funding. So Caitlin, I'm curious as to why, if, if you know why. Yeah, I, I, I can speak for reground, obviously yeah. not everyone else yeah. in this situation. <laughs> I'd say a couple of reasons. One is, well, firstly, with very small businesses, it's, yeah. it's hard to get bank loans. Sure. Um, yeah. If you haven't been, um, you know, a, a company for, a couple of years and, and have the right financials to showcase um, getting a loan is is not that possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is obviously the, the option of investment, which a lot of companies go down. And, and I think we found ourselves early on in that kind of startup um, ecosystem. Sure. But actually kind of made the decision to separate a little bit from that. Um, yeah. And so we won Startup Victoria Pitch Night a couple of years ago, which okay. was amazing um great experience we were up against a couple of really great companies also in the um, environmental space that were in accelerator programs practicing their pitch every day and and we just kind of went a bit rogue and and got out there and and (laughs) told told the story and and um and were voted um successful in the night and we got some really great um time with experts in the industry, with um, investors and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, and that definitely is a path we could have gone down, but again, made the, the choice to to not do that. And I think really it comes back to values and programming mm. a really values-based company and yep. and for a, a, a mission to, to see waste as a resource. And, and because of that, there are always gonna be decisions along the way that you are going to make differently to um, someone or, or a business that has uh, profit at, at the, the core of the mission. Um, that's just a given, but yep. um, but even with triple bottom line, with, with looking at purpose and, and people and profits and, and the planet, yep. um, decisions are going to be very different. And so we chose not to go down investment um, because of that, that reason. Um, and we chose crowdfunding because of our community. Yep. Reground has mm. been built on community for community, mm-hmm. consulting our um, our customers on what it is that they um, they need in their service. And simplicity is obviously one. And all of the feedback is that oh my gosh, it's so much easier than what we were doing before. Mm. For example, so um, and what Claire was saying, now we're collecting soft plastics, which 
may seem kind of off-brand, but it's, it's aligned with our mission of seeing waste as a resource. And we just saw the need in our customers that the next biggest waste stream, especially roasteries, is soft plastics, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah. So consulting our community, it, it really um, just was a no-brainer for us to go to crowdfunding, which is leaning on your community and asking your community to give their support. So it gives you more exposure too. Yeah, and, and it's twofold. It's not just about the money. It really, um, yeah, we've got so much awareness from that. Um, yeah. I couldn't recommend it highly enough for that, but I would just do a huge caveat. I don't know if you found this, Demelza, but that month was the most grueling month of our lives. Oh, damn. Those, like, it, was, it was two weeks for me. Right. And, uh, it was insane. I didn't sleep because I was like, I need to put an Instagram post out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't be, you cannot be too planned. But we went to, we went with Possible, a, crowd, a local crowdfunding platform, and we were like, how long should we take to plan this? And they were like, six months is good. Yeah. And we were like, awesome, we're doing it in a month. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, grueling, you know, you get a notification, you get an email every time someone donates, yep. whatever, if it's 20 cents or $3,000. So, yeah, right. you know, it's, it's all, yeah, <laughs> you, you want to turn your notifications off. And, yeah, but you um, also want to see who's supporting but, you because that gives you momentum, man. Yeah, exactly. And, and there is that curve and then it's like, oh my God, it's nothing's happening. What do we do? Let's yeah. come up with new strategies. Do we need to put money in? You know, there's so much around that. But to answer your question, I mm. digress. And I think the reason for, for Reground is the, the community. It's, it is a, we are there for the community and to consult the community and, sure. and seeing the community support and being able to, to really grow with, with our community was the most in, important thing and, and always will be as, as long as we can keep it that way. I think it's all about intentionality. I mean, like all the things we're doing here is to benefit a community. It's not for big business. It's not yep. to buy Mercedes Benz. So why not ask the people that we're going to be associated with, that we're going to be helping out? I think it just makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree, Demelza. That's, that's a really good point. You're doing it for the right reasons. That's right, that's right. Mm. Claire, I wanted to come to you. and Obviously, I've not been industry events for a good amount of time. Been watching it from afar. Love the coffee. It's incredible. Um, what you guys are and then going to the website, understanding where the process of the coffee actually comes from. And I was looking at what you're doing in Colombia at the moment with young growers and, and female growers and that kind of stuff. Um, do you want to explain a bit about that? Because I think it leads a lot the synergies in. Yeah, I guess what where we've always prioritised. Um, like I said, transparency and quality. Yeah. And as a small coffee roaster, um, and we've grown quite quickly over the last year, we um, only had one site until November last year. Yes. We had limited resources, and so we thought, what's the best way we can mobilize our resources to achieve extremely high quality coffee, transparency mm. in our relationships, and also affect positive change? Yeah. For some coffee roasters, that means having a dedicated personal people who travel around the world full time mm. um, and spend time on farms. For us, we thought we've got to be smarter to be able to get the same outcomes. So we work with um, sort of a collection of boutique in importers who run these programs at Origin, yep. who operate to the same principle, principles of transparency that we have. Yep. So we can sort of see, uh, we've bought coffee from this farm for four years. The price has gone up um, 30% over that time. Mm -hmm. With that extra money, they've been able to build a women's shelter or they've been able to build a school. Yes. So for us, it's less us going in and determining what needs to happen, but making sure we're working through the right channels that we have oversight on where our purchasing is going and that it is having a positive change. 
Yeah. So, I, yeah, I can't pretend that we're, you know, on the ground digging wells and things <laughs> like that, but we are just being really smart with the way we source our coffee so that we can see from start to finish the people we're working with and how they are sort of in our first year of partnership, in our third year of partnership, and if there's no positive change happening, we have someone we can ask about it. Yes. It's really accountable, yeah. which is really good. And I find that across coffee sources in general, every roaster does it a different way, like I yes. said, but the end goal is the same. It's to get a high quality product and really reinvest and improve at origin so that product can maintain or even get better as well. Mm. I find the industry as a whole is doing that a lot better, yeah. especially the last three to four years. And I'm not, I'd love to hear insight into maybe why you think that has happened, if you agree with that. I'm sort of thinking it's because a lot of um, people who are buying wholesale stuff and, and they're roasting their own, so there's a lot more control. Do you think that might be the reason why it's shifting? So people's ideals are now shifting to a really narrow place because they're controlling where the source of their product comes from? Yeah, I certainly think that proliferation of specialty coffee roasters and also um, co-roasting services has allowed people to really get sort of, you know, up close and personal with the green coffee they're buying. Yeah. I also think that as the industry is growing as a whole and as this investment is happening from coffee roasters to origin, the partners at origin are able to start investing in their own sort of narrative and marketing mm. and branding and they're feeding that back to us. So it's not just industry being telling a story, it's actually a farmer or a cooperative telling yes. a story and we're just sort of passing that on. So I think the blog post that you're referencing to was actually just us posting an email we received from Origin. Wow. Um, we didn't make it up, we didn't craft <laughs> it, we copied and pasted it so that we could right. show people like this is the transparency we can get from our suppliers, this yeah. is the benefits they're getting and we can pass them on to you as well. Yeah. So I think it is a bit of a marketing activity. And I think the industry, well, especially the industry as opposed to commodity coffee, has now got enough momentum and enough investment and enough sort of focus on it that people are able to bring those resources right back to origin, which is really cool. And it seems to be something similar that we work with, which is like all about the collaboration like yeah. and choosing your partners well, yeah. like you said, and, you know, transparency, we've talked about a lot already, but that is our core value and, and the reason that that businesses choose to work with Reground. We give you reports every month showcasing how much coffee you've converted, where it's all gone, um, and the methane gas that's avoided, for example, and it, and it is that transparency you can pass on. And you don't have to own that yourself, but you have to trust that partner that's doing that. Yeah, I think it's about being accessible and making everything that makes you what you are as a brand accessible to your customers mm. so that they can understand who you are, who you are but also what goes on behind you your scenes. Um, that's, it's just like that's a free cool. information, basically. Mm. The internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the internet. <laughs> I, I, uh, I also 100% believe, and you heard it here first, that, um, for, that fourth wave coffee is just going to be all about that sweet transparency and about, and I, I mean that in front of house and back of house. So when I say front of house, I mean the wastage, um, the yeah. reground, I mean uh, where the coffee comes from. But back at house, I also mean like taking care of our suppliers and our farmers because we all know that's a bit of a slippery slope that we haven't been doing too good at lately. So yeah, fourth wave coffee, I think it's going to be all about that sweet sustainability and transparency. It's interesting, isn't it, where that's come from when we're talking about sustainability in coffee and that, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, McDonald's, you know, were big pioneers of the Rainforest Alliance yeah, and stuck, yeah. a, stuck a green frog and everything and everyone went, oh, now we're happy that some farmers in a country that we're never going to visit are getting supposedly good money. Um, 
it's all about those feel goods, you know. It's all about making people feel good for doing whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, and I think look, I think that is it's a good part uh, point, Demelza. I think that's in, that's a good thing if the brands that people are supporting and putting their um, money into um, are actually completely transparent about their whole process, uh, including their staff and including their suppliers to make sure they're supporting the right people and not getting, you know, not getting hoodwinked on maybe one thing that the brand is doing correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to pivot a bit, um, if I can. I want to talk about, just about you guys in general. I'm curious who you, as as female leaders in, in different parts of the hospitality industry, who you guys lean on for support? You talked about collaboration before, Caitlin. Um, with different different other people, and obviously, you know, you guys be very picky about what brands you use and and all that kind of thing. Um, Caitlin, if you want to start me on, like, who do you who do you get support from in the network to help you out in times that you need it? You ask me who our friends are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to name them? Personally, or as regret, like um, both. Well, I think they both into I think they both yeah, intertwine. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, from me personally, I'm not from the coffee industry yeah. before Reground. Sure. So, everyone that I've met in, in this industry is um, like new relationships to me. But yes. I think that the core thing is, is that relationships are integral and true, authentic connections are yes. integral. Um, and I guess a, a personal value of mine and a value of, of Regrounds is the, the business. So I think if, if that is, is a guiding force, then um, it will pretty easily weed out people that you meet and interact with and, um, you know, at networking events and, yeah. that, and that kind yep. of thing that aren't, yep. you know, you're not, you don't have that authentic connection with and you yep. know that there isn't going to be mutual value there, I guess. Sure. So that's probably what I um, look for as um, an individualizing people to lean on. Yep. Um, I personally, I used to work for um, Yumi, which is yep. a, um, under Katie Barfield, mm-hmm. who's a legend um, mm-hmm. in kind of food wastage, mm-hmm. um, and she's done some amazing things. And um, and I think you know having people like that that you can um, you know call on and, and have a chat to, and who have been pushing for behavioural change for a long time, um, it's really beneficial to be able to. To call on her and there's a bunch of different people I think for me personally it's about um, you know there are so many different elements to running a small business yes. um, <laughs> that you know you do everything from the books you know working in in zero or whatever accounting yep. software to use yep. to um, the big growth strategies and dealing with council yep. to the van's broken down what yep. do we do yep. so <laughs> I think actually having um, people that have areas of expertise in, in those in, in all the different areas and facets and um, areas you can call and that's been really beneficial for me awesome. um, I'm not going to name drop there, there was one there was one in there for you okay <laughs> I appreciate that uh, what about you Claire um, well I too didn't grow up 
as a hospitality worker, but I've been in coffee for the last five years. Wow. Um, I used to work up in Sydney, and I find I increasingly rely on my sort of Sydney counterparts um, to bounce ideas off. Some yep. of them work for competitors, some of yep. them work in adjacent, adjacent industries. Uh -huh. But I feel like when you're trying to lean on someone, or you're trying to get some perspective from someone, it helps if they're not the person you see every day. Yes. So I find yep. myself calling up uh, old colleagues, or um, like I said, counterparts in Sydney, and I find that really good, because it's yeah, a bit of perspective and a bit of stuff. Like a fresh perspective yeah. for you. Yeah. In more general terms, I, I like to surround myself with people who have just like clarity on yes. what they're doing and have a vision. And they might seem a little insane and a little energetic, <laughs> yeah. but they know what they're talking about. And so you can always ask them a question and get an answer. Um, so I think that's the sort of person I surround myself with in the industry. And I think the coffee industry is full of people like that. Yeah, um, everyone's passionate about mm. what we do. Yeah. Um, and you know, some more than others and some less than others, but everyone seems to have a driving force and it's nice to be able to tap into that as well. Yep. Pick up a bit of energy, go back to what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might also add actually as well, um, because I talked about collaboration and I think the for us it's the kind of businesses and, and organizations that are interested in the new wave of business and, and yeah. the collaborative, collective impact and working together. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, we've just um, moved into a new home um, in with Melbourne Farmers Markets. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it's, it's oh, really great. great. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. <laughs> um, uh, and they've been doing amazing things for years. And mm -hmm. obviously, you look at that and be like, oh, I'm not relevant or connected yeah. but there is so much potential there and we're going to have a you know a composting hub for the community to totally. bring food scraps and that kind of thing and there's totally. so much connection and other like-minded organizations there um, and just surrounding and it's just so refreshing to be in that space where you can bounce ideas and and people just have again a similar kind of value set and um, are, are interested in not you know holding cards close to the chest which I would say the kind of old school way of yep. business, you know, yep. corporates. This is, you know, we're a one-stop shop for everything. It's it's not that anymore. It's yep. how can we collectively get together and, and produce the best possible solutions or systems or framework for our customers. Yeah. So that in a business sense is super important. I think yep. you can even specify that to coffee further mm. and say that a couple of years ago we were all keeping our cards very mm. close to our chest. Yeah. Now, you know, most people have friends, partners, whatever, from other groceries. Yeah. There yeah. are communal events mm -hmm. every sort of second day of the week. Yeah. Um, you could live your whole life in the coffee bubble if you wanted to and you could be surrounded by really open people, which I think has been a really nice shift to watch as well. Yeah, I agree. Demelza, what do you think? It's definitely kind of like a two-pronged answer. Uh, I mean, in terms of same cup and people that are supporting that and kind of mentors in that space, again, I'm not going to name drop, but there are certainly some <clears throat> beautiful people and organizations that put their hand up straight away that um, wanted to help out uh, with yeah. emotional and financial support. They're going to be helping out at the launch party. They're really helpful, passionate, beautiful individuals, and I, they know who they are, and I can't thank them enough. But on a personal level, I mean, I have been in the coffee game for, geez, like eight years, and during that whole time, I never had a mentor. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. I didn't know that having someone that you could talk to about your struggles and, and about your kind of wins as well was um, was even a thing. Yeah. So, um, putting my kind of same cup hat on here, that's, that's exactly what I want to provide for people. Um, I want them to know that there are people out there and they can help you kind of better your career. I mean, like I said, I was in coffee for eight years. I mm. never had a woman boss. 
not one. Yeah, I remember you saying that to me yesterday on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And so it's things like that. Like you need to be able to see see people that kind of look like you doing things that you want to do. But if you can see it, you can be it. You know that old thing. And yeah. and it's it's basically the reason same cup exists is because I want to give people that support and that encouragement and that education that I wish I had during my whole career, which I never really got my hands on. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I ask that question, when we talk about sustainability, I think sometimes we don't think about the sustainability of ourselves in employment oh, and, yes. the, and the sustainability of careers. That was a round of... Right? I'm glad everyone, everyone agreed with that, right? <laughs> so sustainability to me is also a frame of mind. So uh-huh. I've, I've been lucky to be in an industry since I was 16 that has looked after me because I've looked after it. And I don't think there's many industries that that would happen. Like I imagine if I was in finance or something like that, I don't think that would have been the case. Chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, just a cog in that machine. <laughs> yeah, and I've had some pretty dramatic things happen to me. I don't want to go into them today because this is about you guys, not me. But like, it's just important. I wanted, I wanted the three of you to understand that you're obviously empowered people not just women, but empowered people. And I think that's important that you, everyone leans on each other for support when you feel that, um, you know, you're doing things for the right reason. Uh, and the good bit about social media and that kind of stuff is it connects us in a positive way that you can actually be connected with people who are like-minded to you and you can snip out people who are not. So you can connect with the right people. So, um, so I think that's really important. I think it's important to, like, that's a a really good point in that it's, we are, you know, people can look at people in leadership or doing certain things and it's like, they aren't individuals. They have a whole network around them and a community around them and um, people around them and and they reach out to people and they have, you know, struggles and that kind of thing. And so that is a really good thing to remember, which you often don't see on social media, for example. No, no. I mean, I, I quite often refer to my first boss at 16, who I still talk to probably on a monthly basis. That's lovely. Mm, I have one of those too. Yeah. She right. was a woman though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. that's important. Whoever you connect with, yeah. it's important, yeah. right? And I think that's important for sustainability of mindset as well. Mm. Um, uh, so, Demelza, I'll start with you. We'll, we'll round off this um, podcast now. So what do, you, what do you want people to know about, about saying cup as you move forward? Post your amazing uh, launch party next week. <laughs> 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 oh my god! What do you want to know? Um, that's a that's that's a big question. Yeah, I, mean, I know. <laughs> I I uh, I want HR to think about the way that they word their job ads. I want mm. I want bosses to think about mental health when they're talking to their staff. I want I want so many things. Um, but but to be honest, like. Same cup, like I said, is all about bringing diversity and in, into these positions of influence and power in the coffee industry. Because, as intentional or not as it is, when you start rising up through the ranks through the coffee industry, past barista, plus past floor staff, it gets very samey. It gets very no offense, middle-aged white dude. And and I know I won't take offense to That's fine. And I know that a lot of these wonderful men are on our side. So um, mm. if you see something kind of if you think something negative is happening in, happening in the workplace, like say something. If if a woman puts her hand up and says, "Hey, that made me feel uncomfortable," then listen. Yeah. There's there's 
all of these things that I'm that I'm trying to champion. Um, but you know, let's just be kind to one another. That's basically it. Yeah. Good point. Hard act to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You try, Caitlin. <laughs> try. <laughs> I guess as reground, we just want people to be curious about their waste. Um, yeah. It, it we, our whether we you know, like it or believe it or not, climate change is happening. And the amazing thing is, is that we can do something about it with our choices as individuals. And one of those things is super simple and um, we can do it before 9am. You know, we can, where we choose to have our morning coffee or a coffee um, can make a really big impact. It can impact thousands of kilos of coffee in landfill. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's about as businesses actually questioning, what am I doing with my waste? Um, it might be a little bit extra effort to look at it initially, but it ends up being so much simpler. And um, and the staff are so much happier and have so much more value in, in what they're doing. Um, and they end up saving money. Uh, so it's, it really is a no-brainer once you actually have that kind of aha moment. But until that, it is out of sight, out of mind, which is so much easier. Yep. So I think bringing it front of mind thinking about our waste and as customers not being afraid to ask our, our cafes you know when yep. you're when you're in industry beings come in and, and while you're waiting for the beautiful latte art to be crafted <laughs> on your coffee. It is delightful. Um, <laughs> anyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Make one to save my life. Um, just ask the barista what happens to your coffee waste. You will get a good answer here, but most cafes you go to you won't. And it'll get them to start thinking about it. And yeah. and I think, yeah, not being afraid to be curious. Cool. Great point. Well, I think for us, it's a balance of everything that was just said. We want people to know what we're doing, who we are, what our values are. But for us, it's also about just being incredibly approachable. We want people to come into our venues and interact with our brand and drink a delicious coffee and eat some free-range eggs and bacon and ask questions if they want to, but also just enjoy the hospitality experience if they don't want to. When it comes down to it, we're a coffee roaster and a cafe operator, but we take what we do incredibly seriously and we strive really hard at everything we do. And the end result for us is a satisfying customer. Um, Behind the scenes, we want sustainability, we want diversity, we want to make a profit as well. Mm. But for us, the the big end result is a customer who feels like they've gotten something from industry beans, whether that be a nice bubble cup or an understanding of the way that waste management is progressing in the industry. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's about being accessible and approachable, but we never want to tell people how to experience Mm -hmm. industry beans. And I think there's a humbleness in all three of your brands, which is really, really um, obvious and is part of the reason why you're all so successful, so it's great. Um, Caitlin from Marie Ground, Demelza, happy birthday on the phone from Same Cup. Good luck with the launch. Don't need to say good luck. And Claire, lucky last from Industry Beans. Ladies, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I think this will start more all-female groups on the podcast now. Um, thanks so much for everyone being here today. Thanks, thanks for having us, Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast, powered by Counter. Now, as always, just a big thank you to the whole team at Counter, especially Chloe and Will, who helped me out and do all this every single time so I can just ask some questions of some great hospitality professionals. 
that was just a fantastic one with all those uh, young females in the industry just doing such a great job and, uh, and I hope you really enjoyed it. So let us know what your feedback is on Instagram, either counter or open pantry consulting and we'd love to hear what you think. Till next time, take care.